hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Hello and welcome to episode 51. I'm your host, pain relief specialist and mind-body coach, Molly Jager. Hi. Today I'm going to talk about fear. I'm going to talk about the scaries and pain because I've been thinking a lot about it and I've had some personal experience with it recently and in the last several years and it's a good topic. So join me. Hi. (laughs) It is snowing today. It's a beautiful day where I am. I love the snow. We had some of the most gorgeous, huge, big snowflakes. And I was driving my daughter to school this morning. She's often really talkative and chatty. And she was really quiet. And I was kind of wondering if she was maybe disappointed that she had to go to school when it was snowing. But... As often happens when she's quiet, she's actually contemplative. And in this moment, she said all of a sudden, you know, mommy, it's funny. The snowflakes are whirling and swirling all around in the air, but they don't actually bump into each other in the air. (laughs) And I don't know if that's true, right? But if you ever have the opportunity to gaze at swirling whirling snowflakes in the air it appears that they are all kind of in their own space moving through each other and they're everywhere rather than like glomming together or running into each other it appears that there's space in between each big in this case big snowflake or collections of snowflakes and it was like oh yeah look at that that's fun to wonder about that's fun to look at I've been noticing how valuable nature is recently and just gazing at the natural world and being present in the natural world is so nourishing for your nervous system And I realized how much I used to do that as a child. And I wonder if you are of a similar generation as me or even a little bit older, if you had that experience more than you do now as a child, right? So I grew up in the 80s and never had a cell phone until, I don't even know, college. And back then it wasn't even a flip phone. (laughs) Flip phone was fancy technology when I got my first phone. I don't even think they were out yet, flip phones. So I spent a lot of time in a different level of thinking because that's just what we had. Hours and hours outside with my dog being present in nature. And I think there is definitely something, there's definitely something to that. And this ties in with what I'm going to talk about today because my some of my migraine miracles well my first migraine miracle happened when i was in nature i took myself outside and a number of times 
I have experienced a kind of opening in myself when I'm in nature, when I go out in nature on purpose and feel this kind of deeply soothing presence that emerges through a sense of connection when I am intentionally present in nature, right? When I go out and I'm there on purpose and I'm gazing, I'm looking around, I'm listening. I'm not just in my head thinking, thinking, thinking and just wanting to exercise and then get back to work, right? I go out and I might start in my head thinking, thinking, thinking. (laughs) And within a while, you know, 20, 10, 15, 20 minutes, something shifts in me and something very peaceful emerges. I'm so curious if you have that kind of experience as well. If you do, let me know, send me a comment or an email and let me know about your experience. Um, This is something I actually use as an antidote to pain. I use it on purpose. Um, It helps you not only to move your body, it helps your attention to move outward, and it helps you to not only also be soothed, but also to, you know, get in that mode where there is something bigger and more uh, broad than you and your one tiny experience. So there's some spiritual aspect to it, but there's also some just like practical uh, self-regulating aspect to it when you are in nature and, you know, getting that input from the rhythm of nature, the sounds of nature, the sights. All of this has been scientifically shown to be very helpful for your nervous system to self-regulate. The other piece about being in nature I think that's really interesting is that, you know, as a human, you have this nervous system inside of you that is basically like in the dark, as it were. And all the information that it gets is through your senses and your nervous system, in order to gauge the environment and to gauge the level of safety or threat in any given moment, needs access to that information, to that data. And if it's starved of that data, if it's lacking awareness that it needs to be clear, right, on whether something is dangerous or not, then it will default into threat mode. It will default into threat mode. So, Another thing that is helpful about being out in nature is just gathering that data for your nervous system. Like, look, I'm walking, I'm sitting, it's peaceful, it's safe. And your nervous system can take that information in on that subconscious level. So go out in nature. It's your job. It's your job to be in nature, not because it's an extra, but because it's essential. So... I recently have had some experiences about fear that I wanted to share with you because um, what I've experienced in the past couple of years is an increasing susceptibility to being scared and fearful in ways that I have never experienced in my life. And I don't know what it is, um, if it's my age if it's the fact that I, you know, coming through the pandemic and being more isolated, if it's being less in nature in general than maybe I have at other times in my life, like when I had small children, for example, 
Um, I'm not exactly sure what the cause is and that's okay. We don't necessarily need to know the cause of something in order to address it or begin addressing it or begin being curious about it. And so the way that this is manifested is a couple of different ways. Like for example, I've developed a fear of heights that is slightly incapacitating in the sense that like almost like a phobia but not extreme like a very mild phobia and I've been exploring with going up to heights and I live in an area where I live in the Columbia Gorge and there's a lot of hikes our family likes to hike and there's a lot of cliffs (laughs) my gosh my husband and I went on this hike a while back and like half of the hike was there was a steep drop like four feet within you know like the trail was four feet wide (laughs) so sometimes you could be like two feet from death and I went on this hike so obviously my phobia is mild (laughs) I managed it but it was really hard and after I got done I was like I'm never doing that again and I'm never taking my children on the hike ever I never want them to know that that hike exists um and Similarly, there have been times where I've lost what I felt I used to be able to have control over. Last year, my daughter had a cavity and I went and watched her get a filling. And I sat there watching them, you know, they numbed her mouth, they gave her gas, and then they took out this crazy looking machine that looks like it's from the like medieval times. (laughs) It's not a machine. It's what they use to inject the Novocaine to numb their mouth. And sorry if this is triggering you, but it I was fine doing, watching and being with her. I didn't have any big reactions and she seemed fine. Um, I was like kind of holding her hand and she was giving me the thumbs up like, it's okay. And it was all fine until I think it was maybe two days later or within a week I was back myself in the dentist chair needing to get a filling and I completely lost control I was shaking I was so scared my I was like my my whole nervous system felt fried I couldn't open my mouth I almost had to leave but eventually I managed to force myself to do it by holding the dental assistant's hand like I was gripping her hand in a death grip and I was like what is going on I've had fillings before I've never had this experience before with this reaction that afternoon by the way I had a raging migraine it was a raging migraine and I say raging because it was like out of control And the rest, like as soon as I left the dentist's office, I could feel I was shaking. My whole body was agitated and things like this. Today, I had a shot that I had to go get. Um, And it was like, I was so nervous and it was like a shot. And I kept telling myself that, you know, it wasn't going to be a big deal, but I couldn't calm my nervous system down until I did this little trick. And that's what I want to share with you. Now, I'll share with you the the little trick that I did and then also I want to talk a little bit more about fear and what you can do to support your nervous system if you have a similar kind of, uh, if you're noticing similar kind of reactions where your nervous system seems to take on 
a life of its own or where your body seems to take on a life of its own and it's just uh, gone and you can't access control or calm. So what I did on my way to the doctor's office, I realized I kept trying to calm myself down. I kept trying to imagine myself getting the shot and how I would breathe calmly and I would stay calm and I would relax. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making this into a huge deal. (laughs) And the more I tried to calm down, the more scared I got. So I realized I'm really hyping myself up here unintentionally. I think I'm trying to calm myself down, but in fact, what I'm doing unconsciously is I'm creating, I'm putting a lot of energy into the sense of threat that I'm experiencing. I'm actually making it worse. And I realized, what if, what if instead of trying to calm myself down, what if I just accept that it's going to hurt a little bit? And I know that it's not going to be that painful, but it's going to hurt a little bit and then it's going to go away and then I'm going to be fine. And as soon as I made that switch, I, my fear decreased noticeably and I felt calm noticeably. So what I did there was the exact opposite of what we think we should do, which is why I was trying to calm myself down and prepare myself, right? I think I should be calm. I need to calm myself. When in fact, putting all that effort into calming myself is kind of creating this subconscious uh, belief that there is something threatening to be calm about, right? I'm like saying, we need to be calm. (laughs) And my subconscious is like, if we need to be calm, there must be something going on. So I'm scared. (laughs) She's lying to us. Something is definitely dangerous out there. Um... And so it was like these layers of uh, unconsciousness and then awareness and then intention and then turning that around. And I think we do this a lot with pain where we try to mitigate the pain or we try to set ourselves up, but in some way we have this very funny way of making it a big deal by trying to not make it a big deal, right? So this is, I know, I know, I know, I know that getting a shot is not the same thing as having a migraine or having a recurring pain or waking up with shooting pain. I know that it's different and that it literally is not very painful, which it wasn't. But I want to offer you that your brain is telling you that the pain is big and awful and dangerous and problematic. And that if you can start to separate out what your brain is thinking, what you're feeling, and the sensation, you will experience less suffering around the pain. It will not necessarily happen immediately. It will happen gradually over time. One of the things that you might notice is like what I did, which is just a subtle shift in how worried or calm you feel. And one of the things that you might do when you feel that is to second guess whether or not that's real because it's subtle. 
And you might think, well, I feel calmer, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything or that doesn't necessarily mean that it will have an effect on my pain. And you will try to kind of argue with your own experience if it challenges your previous experience. So you have to be very careful and watch yourself and watch your brain want to argue for the pain, right? So even though you want to get out of pain, your brain is arguing that the pain is a problem, that it's serious, that it hurts, that you need some big intervention in order to make it stop. So in a sense, it's arguing for the status quo. It's arguing for the way that you think about it, the way that you feel about it, and all those things. And what you want to do is you want to break that pattern. You want to break up that habit. And sometimes that requires leaning into other sensations and other subtle experiences, like a subtle shift in feeling more calm because you've calmed yourself down or you've changed the way, you've altered the way that you think about the pain in some way. So for me, in my example, it was that I just took out the level of gravity, which is pretty easy to do when it comes to a shot, but I want to invite you to do this as well. And I know it's possible because I've done it with bigger pain. I've done it with migraines. I've done it with knee pain. Um, I've done it with neck pain and a little bit. Yes, I've also done it with back pain. (laughs) Um, And by the way, I've had the experience of my knee pain being so bad walking down a hill that I was in tears. I was hobbling in tears, like in just like, I couldn't believe that it hurt so bad. And I didn't know how I was going to get down the trail. I was every step was excruciating. So I've been there and I've had intense migraines that last for nine hours. So I've been there and I've had migraines with and without medication. I've been in these places and I've been in these places with this mindset and this awareness. I can tell you the last time I had a migraine um, that was going to be a big migraine, I took control of it pretty early on and this is the migraine that I made go away if you've been listening to me you'll have heard that story but I remember that there was an instance like a moment in that morning where I was you know working on my migraine in the midst of packing up camp that I was on with my family there was a moment when I felt myself shift into desperation of like and that thought underlying this was something like, I hate this. I can't handle this. This is getting to be too much, right? Or something like that. I'm completely just offering up those words as a way to describe the feeling that swept over me or from within me up and through me. And it was this kind of fear and desperate sensation. And in that moment, I could tell if I allow that, my migraine will Uh, take control and I will struggle. I will suffer. And in the second, it was like a split second, right? Like I felt that. And in the next second, I was like, nope, take it back. You know, take back control, get back on the horse, you know, take the reins again, whatever it is. And 
it's hard work in that you have to be on yourself and you have to be willing to do that hard work. But the impact of that is that your body then feels safe. Your nervous system then feels safe. And I think we've all experienced moments in our lives where we've wanted to give up, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I want to give up every day. (laughs) Just today I was driving home from the doctor's office thinking about my kids and I was like, it's not that I don't love my kids and want them in my life. It's just that I don't want to be responsible. I just want to give up. I want to give up all my responsibility. (laughs) So this is something that we experience all the time. It's a natural part of being human. So what I invite you to take out of this is this is this awareness that it is natural to have fear. It is natural to want to succumb to that fear. It is natural to want to push that fear away. It is natural to want to try and do everything you can to avoid that fear, especially when you think that it is silly or irrational, like me going to get a shot or getting a filling at the dentist, right? When you think, I shouldn't feel this way and therefore I'm going to try and make it go away, right? All of that is natural. What I want to invite you to consider is the possibility of being with your fear in a way that allows you to experience it as normal and not dangerous. That the fear itself is a phenomenon. It is some physiological responses in your body. Some people might call it a vibration. It's an emotion. It's neurons moving around, right? In your gut, in your heart, in your brain. You have neurons in all these places. It's something that you can experience and be okay, right? Just in the same way that you can experience pain and be okay, you can experience fear and be okay. So try it. I know a lot of times I talk about uh, this, like sensation scans and feeling pain on purpose in these bite-sized ways. Do the same, but with fear. Feeling fear on purpose in bite-sized ways or giving yourself time to be with fear long enough to get a sense of what's going on, right? So in my effort in the car on the way to the doctor's office to try and control my fear and kind of watching myself and observing myself and feeling, you know, sensing and being with my experience of what I sensed, when you are in that kind of um, observational presence with yourself, you open up the capacity for your cognitive brain to perceive nuance and details that you can't perceive when you're just in a state of fear or anxiety. And what is anxiety and worry really? It's fear, right? When you're in that place, 
and you're, it's kind of dominating your experience, you're, there are parts of your brain that you don't have access to. There are ways of thinking that you don't have access to. So I invite you to explore it and see what it's like. What is it like if you go on a kind of journey into the fear, right? And you could start with something simple that you know cognitively is not a threat. Like I knew it was not a threat for me to get a shot. (laughs) I don't know about the dentist office. That might be the next level up (laughs) because that hurt. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I think I might need to do some um, neural repatterning around that. But if there is an instance in your life, whether it's related to pain or not, right, just explore. What is it like if you sit with fear on purpose and you can take a pen and you can take a piece of paper if that helps you to get into the experience of it and write and write down your thoughts, write down who you how you feel, write down what you notice and move through it, move into it. And from moving into it, move through it and see what comes up for you. If you can do this over time, my recommendation, first of all, is to do this when you don't have a lot of pain, because it is harder to concentrate when you have a lot of pain. It just is. Your brain is busy, right? It's not impossible, but it's better to try it when your pain levels are low or when you're not in pain at all to practice it. And you can practice it around the pain. That's great if you feel like you want to explore that. And if you do that over time, you will experience a change in your pain levels because there is never a time that you have pain that your fear brain isn't lit up. There is never a time that you experience pain that you haven't addressed or haven't processed and your brain is like calm. So there is always a relationship between fear and pain. And if you gain purchase over pain to a certain degree, if you gain the ability to be with it, it will 100% affect your pain levels and the way you experience pain. I promise you. It may not be in sort of immediately it may not be the next day but over time it will have an impact like it did me over time things changed so much once i started to really address the fear the underlying fear around the pain itself okay and this isn't just me many people have had this experience and of course we all know that fear is what fuels pain, right? Fear, pain. It's like, that's part of the whole cycle. And if you can change the neural patterning around the fear, then that will have an impact on the neural patterning around the pain, 100%. It's one of the very first things that I do whenever I work with a client. We deal with the fear because it's so important. It's like such a foundational piece. All right, have a go. Tell me how you find it. I'd love to hear your feedback and ask me any questions. If you'd like to know more about how it works or how to do it or anything like that, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. All right, I'll see you next week. 
everyone. I hope you found this episode useful. If you did, please write me a review. Share the podcast on all the socials. Let your friends and family know who are in need of support in this particular way. Let them know. Spread the love. And if you want my help, you know where to find me. You can email me at molly at movetonourish.com. That's movetonourish.com. You can find me on social media. Please come over and hang out with me on Instagram at move2nourish.com, move to nourish. And on, in the Facebook group, From Pain to Empowerment, find me and connect with me. I'm in many places. Reach out to me if you want help and let's get on a consult call and find out if this is the right path. For you if not great you can move on and into something else and if it is let's get working and getting you to feeling better in your life beyond your wildest dreams like literally beyond your wildest dreams let's do it all right have a good week talk to you soon mm-hmm.